become a bit obsessed with China around here. And actually, if you're not a bit obsessed with China, I think you're missing out on the story of the century, as it is a country that actually has the ability to compete with us economically and militarily, is hell-bent on doing so, and is run by an evil dictatorship. If that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what would. Well, what could uh, lead us to anything but forceful rejection of uh, of that country and that leadership? Well, trillions of dollars in trade tends to make you feel a, a little more ambivalent about evil. But to discuss that and many other uh, topics, Ying Ma joins us. Ying Ma, the author of Chinese Girl in the Ghetto, contributor to Fox News, Washington Examiner, NBC.com, uh, former columnist for the Wall Street Journal's China blog, among a number of other uh, interesting positions. Welcome. How are you? Good, good. Good morning to you both. Great to be back on with you. It's been too long. I know. I know. My gosh. I we're, remember we're... last time I was here, we were uh, in the middle of the 2016 campaign, and I was right in the middle of that working for the Ben Carson campaign and the pro-Trump super PAC. And well, we're right. now And we're now back in another election year. Oh, boy. So I was reading a little of your bio stuff. Um yesterday and uh, you grew up under Mao I did and there was a phrase in there and I don't know if you wrote it or whoever was writing about you wrote it but uh, you know on the during the burgeoning time of becoming a capitalist society is that so what year did you leave China and at that time did it seem like it was heading the way of capitalism I left in the mid 80s and so uh, what was happening back then was the 80s was actually a great era because that was a time when a lot parachute pants Madonna it was a great era <laughs> we had all that in China too <laughs> wow <laughs> no I'm kidding but the people of China aspired to have all that and and I think what was interesting about the 80s was that um, it was when China actually began, uh, really got um, got going with its economic reforms. And so there were lots of firsts, you know, the first time people got to choose where to work, where to live, um, you know, what to buy on the market. And, and those were very, um, the very, very first beginnings with baby steps. And so I, certainly it was not full-blown capitalism in, in any way. But what was happening was that capitalism was introduced to a very repressive, um, very closed off society. And so, you know, for instance, did you know that for the longest time, farmers in China couldn't keep profits from, you know, from their crops. And then so profit incentives were actually introduced in the 80s. And and so from it, it was from that era that China be, um, embarked on the road of what's called reform and opening. And, and you know, and, and it's one of the reasons why China grew into the economic giant that it is today well when they allowed incentives for production production exploded indeed which indeed. is not surprising you would think that would keep a country from wanting to head back towards socialism when uh, you got that uh, perfectly good example of how capitalism works but well i think they they are very the, the, well uh, i think one thing that they're very fond of is that nobody in china is opposed to making any opposed to making money and that goes for the chinese communist party they've now come to realize how much money can buy it buys you influence overseas um it makes the party stronger um and you know the good thing about introducing capitalism in china is that a lot of the chinese people who have this great entrepreneurial spirit they got to know what it is like to run their own business to actually you know to actually participate in the market okay well there's the question then right there so the 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 stalin and lenin and his crew 
they in in Russia they were actually communists. The, Indeed, it is now known from their own personal writings and and everything they actually believed in communism, Indeed. and then they were trying to carry that out. The Communist Party in China are they actually communists? Oh, or they, absolutely! They are actually absolutely. communists. They are a a new and improved version of communism, and I, I think. Um, I think there is a lot of sophistication and a lot of complexity that's not often understood. And and you've got all kinds of idiots running around saying China's no longer a communist country. That is absolutely not true, because I think at the core of it, communism is about control. It is about controlling the ideas of the people who live under it. It, it is about controlling their lives, and it is about all kinds of things. And the Communist Party has at no point decided that it wants to to cede political power in any way. And so it is absolutely uh, adamant about keeping that control. What it has done is that it has realized that if it kept on going the way that it did in the Cultural Revolution or the Great Leap Forward back in the 50s and 60s, all of its people were starving to death and that that is no way to run a country. And so it has decided to, over the past 40 years, to introduce elements of market reform. But it is not at all a free market society because... You know, in the middle of all those market reform elements, the state continues to maintain control of vast chunks of the economy. And so the, what the sophistication in all this is that the Chinese government has managed to find a way to make this sort of reforms work to generate to generate profits, to generate wealth, to generate influence without having to face what the former Soviet Union faced, which is an overthrow of the, the regime. Well, and as a regime, to balance the the openness to, to the free market and the global market with the political control, there has to be an enormous sophistication. Oh, yes, absolutely. To it, the, 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 you know, the control mechanisms. Yes. And the, you know, it's almost like recognizing that, um, the, the, the Hitler's war machine sweeping across Europe was a stunning bit of uh, military planning. I mean, as loathsome and horrific as it was, it's just undeniably impressive. The Chinese regime, you got to admire them. That's almost impossible what they're doing right now. There is so much sophistication. And, and you know, I, I think it's important to, to recognize that. So even though there has been all these new um, forms of um, of liberation that didn't used to exist, right? That people have more opportunities to live where they want to live, to buy what they want to buy, to say what they want to say in private. But what the regime has done is that it has continued to exert control in other ways. It's now, you know, it now censors the internet. The internet did not exist when I, you know, was growing up in China. Um, it, it now has very sophisticated surveillance technology. Um, it's supplied in part by Western companies that want to make a profit in China, and, and it uh, it is able to figure out where its citizens go, what they're doing, you know, what trains they hop on, and what trains they're. So you know, there is this social credit system in China that if you do things that the Chinese government does not like, there are all kinds of ways that it could um, it could inf- impede upon your ability to do basic things like buy plane tickets, for instance. So, so it is a vastly sophisticated state in a way that I'll, I think a lot of people don't understand. Have you ever been to one of those wet bat markets? Um, where the coronavirus started i've been to i've been to i've been to all kinds of wet markets and i've eaten all kinds of things that you probably don't want ever sampled the delicious pangolin (laughs) that they think is at the the center of that i have not that i i I can however you know tell you all kinds of ways that people kill animals in their own homes in order to eat them and and you know and, and so during the days when i used to grow up people actually ate their pets in china um and you know and i Regularly. when i was, that, when was I, that was that was 
not an eye-opening experience at all. That was no, just a, not like, at all, not a, at all. And I had, you know, even though I was in the middle of the third largest city in China, I had chickens in my kitchen that we would grab and kill if we wanted a meal from time to time. That's pretty common as well. Um, that, I mean, it's no longer the case now, but wet markets are quite common. They're still enjoyed by the Chinese people. And, mm. and it's, you know, but I, I hear that, you know, the government wants to get rid of them because they're now just um, a hotbed for diseases. Yeah. Um, so you were, <laughs> we were emailing yesterday and you told me the story about this uh, 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 MMA fighter. Yes, and yes. a journalist and the coronavirus. We're going to take a little break, but we got okay. we got to hear this story. This is what the, uh, the the Chinese Communist Party is capable of doing. Hmm. It features the wet bat market and MMA fighting. It's got all the wet market. It's, it's got, not wet bats. Everything's wet. All the elements of a story that you need to keep you to stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you get a chance to pick up a copy of Chinese Girl in the Ghetto by Ying Ma, you should absolutely read it for a number of different reasons. It's super interesting about China. It's super interesting about uh, the United States as seen through the eyes of an immigrant and, and race relations and all sorts of great stuff. But Ying Ma joins us to talk about China and all sorts of good stuff. Yeah, this story, because uh, we were uh, emailing yesterday, this kind of encompasses a couple of things that are in the news. Coronavirus, the communist government, what... Xi's government's willing to do. Tell the story. Well, so, um, and it encompasses MMA, which I know is yes. a big deal for, for lots of people across the, this country. So let me start with the coronavirus. I mean, as we all know, it's, it's really become such a big problem. There are 75,000 cases in China that we know of. Are and the numbers coming out of China at all reliable? You know, um, the answer is we can't possibly just believe what they tell us. Okay. But even if even if we don't, seventy five thousand is a lot. Right. I mean, Fair already okay. that's what they're admitting to. And then their the death toll is over two hundred, right? And and so and and, and so um, what there there are a couple of citizen journalists that have gone to the epicenter of the virus and have tried to done sort of video video uh youtubing youtube videos and others to try to get a, get the word out figure out what's going on and and they've been disappeared by the authorities oh boy um, they've in been disappeared just re- they, yes that's the word that and and speaking of china being a communist country it, this is a word that's commonly used in you know in in the former Soviet Union, as well as other countries behind the Iron Curtain in the old days, that still happens in China. So don't anybody sort of get into the temptation of thinking that communism doesn't continue to exist in China. And are they likely in a prison camp or dead? We we don't know, because when people were disappeared, we have no idea where they are and what and what was their offense. They went they actually risked their lives to go to these hospitals where all these people are dying with this coronavirus that we don't know very much about. And they reported all kinds of things that we other people, including journalists from The New York Times, had no idea of, which is one, that there is a shortage of hospital beds Two, there is a shortage of test kits. And so it, at the epicenter of the city where this virus started, you know, it, it becomes a problem, right? When you see corpses lying around in hospitals and they're not being cleared quickly no. enough or Oof. that or that within a day, you know, from at, at a major hospital, you see the number of corpses go from two to eight 
in a short amount of time. That's the kind of reporting that some of these journalists have done. And what did the authorities do? Well, they rounded them up. And now here's where the MMA guy gets involved. Um, You know, this is actually a fascinating story with all these (laughs) different angles. And and for those of you who do any kind of martial arts, um, MMA is different, I think. And and let me make a side tangent here. Um, A lot of people have have complained that even though Chinese martial arts has this distinguished history, you know, you've got all these people. With I've it. seen Kung Fu Panda. There you go. Right. Oh, but boy. one of the one of one of the biggest critiques of traditional Chinese martial arts is that is it practical? Can you fight if if a Chinese martial artist, all these people with their fancy moves get into the octagon? Can you actually fight? And so there is this Chinese um, MMA fighter in China who have t- taken it upon himself to expose the fraud the frauds of of chinese martial arts which huh. is to say that you fought, you know and so his he, words are yours do you think it's a fraud or it's just that's it's his, his words his words he feels that many of these esteemed masters in china can't fight and he's challenged <laughs> and he's challenged <laughs> them to real that? fights he's challenged them that? to real fights and this is a guy his name is xu xiaodong and this is a guy who became famous because a couple of years ago he knocked out a tai chi master in 20 seconds and since then, he's gone on to challenge other masters. And, and so he's cocky, he's arrogant, he's obnoxious and outright disrespectful. But he happens to be friends with one of the citizen journalists who was disappeared. And this MMA fighter actually bought, is one of the few people who, had, who, 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 who actually has put his face on a video to say to the world that this person, you know, this friend of mine is doing this. He was trying to tell the truth about the coronavirus and the government rounded him up. And the government, you know, used the excuse that this man was infected with the virus and hence he was quarantined. And right. the MMA fighter says that's complete BS. And so um, and so I and think so he might be famous enough that they can't disappear him. That's well, what he has I, going for him. Well, he, he his whole point was, I'm going to put this all out there and they're going to come after me. But this is my insurance policy. I don't know how well that's. You Maybe know. he could fight G. Would G fight? She <laughs> <laughs> uh, would just uh, I, I think she has enough people with guns and, yeah. and other and uh, beat the honey <laughs> out of Winnie the Pooh. Huh? <laughs> hey, listen, as long as we're kind of on the topic, yeah. uh, I've heard it said that this is fomenting serious, possibly dangerous to the regime levels of unrest. Will the steam be let off and things go back to normal, or do you think this has the potential to drive real change? I would say it's fomenting serious discontent. Unrest, I, I don't think it's gotten to the level of unrest yet. When you're talking about unrest, I, you know, I'm thinking about mass protests, rallies. That's What we saw in Hong Kong. Right, right. And, and I'm glad you brought up Hong Kong, because I think... Um, Oh, and this MMA fighter, when the Hong Kong protests were at the, their height, he actually went out there and publicly supported the protesters in Hong Kong, which is a very rare feat as well. Wow. You don't see Jackie Chan doing that. Jackie Chan is running around condemning the protesters. Mm. And so uh, I, I think one, I think it sometimes takes people who are a little bit crazy and perhaps kind of obnoxious in order to challenge the status quo, to right. have the courage to actually say to this powerful government, you know, to give the give the government the middle finger. Now, when it comes to unrest and discontent in China, you are absolutely right that this um, epidemic has stirred up all kinds of unrest. People have been calling for freedom of speech because if they don't have freedom of speech, people die. You know, the government mm-hmm. has been ha- has been covering up the the extent of the illness. And, and so there's a lot of that. But I, I think what it reminds us of is that what that you have to that people who 
foment unrest or who challenge the government. They don't just do it as sort of a a um, a concept. It helps a lot more when their lives are at stake. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. It's and so, um, and so, I think for a lot of people in China, I don't think they actually. Many people in China were not firmly behind the protesters in Hong Kong for a number of reasons. But I, I, I think with something like this, where their lives are at stake, it, it's stirred up all kinds of hostility toward the regime and all kinds of people asking the regime to actually, you know, make reforms. We are just about out of time with Ying Ma, author of Chinese Girl in the Ghetto, contributor to FoxNews.com, Washington Examiner, NBC News. Where do you want people to, to find you? Your website, your Twitter, yeah. your whatever? Um, so on Twitter, I am um, at G-Z-T-O, ghetto, G-Z-T-O-Ghetto, um, and my website is yingma.org. That is Y-I-N-G-M-A dot org. We'll have the links at armstrongandgetty.com so people can find them really and when easily. I have a question about a story in the news about China or a book or whatever, she's the one that I always email or text or whatever and say, uh, what do you think about this? You realize he only orders sweet and sour pork, right? <laughs> have you heard that? It's the only Chinese food he ever orders. No, but I thought I thought when I was on with you guys when my book first came out, we agreed that I would take Jack to a Chinese restaurant, a, uh, an authentic well, Chinese restaurant. Do they restaurant. have sweet and sour pork? Oh boy! All right, now point. we are out of time. This is ridiculous. This is, this is terrible. But this is the ugly American right here. But I can try the real, authentic, or take me to a wet bat market. I want to check one of those out. You and your Maybe when the bat. coronavirus is over. Yeah. Fantastic! Thanks for coming on. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. China Grove, really, Michael? Texters responding to our guest uh, we just had on Ying Ma talking about China. Love this woman. Great interview. Ying Ma was fantastic. Uh, she's delightful, engaging, and informative. You should have her on all the time, yeah? Oh, Anytime we we're talking will. We China, love her. Yeah. Greater interaction with Ying Ma with an infectious laugh. Really enjoyed the restaurant talk. Yeah, well, we continued the restaurant talk <laughs> with her a little bit. Uh, more on that in a second. Oh, and maybe they misspoke. Maybe he was a Chai Tea Master and not a Tai Chi Master. <laughs> <laughs> I will brew this. What the hell? I was Why'd unaw- you hit me? <laughs> I was unaware of this story, but haven't we all seen the the ancient tradition of some sort of martial arts and thought, yeah. could you actually fight anybody with that? I think I could just run up and tackle him. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so this martial arts guy said, that's all a bunch of crap. Yeah. This guy with a 50th degree black belt who studied the ancient whatever, and he beat the guy up in 20 seconds. That was kind of the early premise of the UFC, was to figure out which one of these is the best. Could the boxing guy beat the karate guy? Could he mm. beat the wrestling guy? Right. And then the actual answer was, well, if the person who knows the most about the most things is usually the one who ends right. up winning. Right? How, how often is is it the biggest, strongest, fastest guy, though? Uh, early on, it wasn't. It's, uh, I won't go too deep into this, but there's a Brazilian family known as the Gracies who started jiu-jitsu, and they were... They were decimating people oh, much really? larger than really? their size. Really? Yeah. Interesting. They, they just had such a knowledge advantage. People didn't know how to defend their chokes and it's their like arm trying to fight and, a boa. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, during, you know, after uh, the interview ended and during the commercial break, we were discussing the wet markets or wet bat markets, as Jack <laughs> likes to call them. And very quickly, I got to share this email from Laura. I've been so disappointed all week since I thought Jack was saying wet backs on the air. 
slur no, against no. Mexican no, no, people. No, no, no. Wet bat. Bats with a T. Originally, when the story broke about the coronavirus, they mentioned that they had right. bats just swimming in like buckets of goo. These wet markets. Well, she told her husband she was going to have to stop listening. And every time you said it, she thought, oh, my God, you're a racist pig using ethnic slurs. I'm so relieved. Love your show. I'll try to pay more attention. <laughs> well, it might be an ethnic slur against China. I don't know. But it's a wet bat market. Well, it's um, a wet market. Right? right. Right. I like to emphasize the bats. But I like um, the pangolin, hmm. which is that wacky, scaled mammal that they think the disease may have come from. So, but the discussion went on. So uh, our guest, who grew up in China, said these wet markets are really a lot of fun. There's a lot going on there, a lot of animals and all that different sort of stuff, including cats and dogs, which yeah. I find horrific. Just horrific. Yeah. Um, and if, well, yeah. if you were starving, you might find it less horrific. Yeah, I, I find but the, the dogs thing horrific. The way cats they, are prehistoric beasts. They don't care. <laughs> they like to be eaten. So. I'm I'm not even that bothered by e- the eating the dogs because we put down gazillions of dogs in the United States and there's no reason you don't use their their meat for something particularly. You know? But yeah. I know the way they treat these animals right, and it, right, that right. that's the that's what makes it so awful. And they're not the same as a cow. They're just not. Their their ability for companionship and feelings is different than a cow. Oh, they have a a need for it. Well, and and she she was talking about families actually eat their pets. I would submit to you if you plan to at any point in the future eat an animal, it's not your pet. It's just livestock, not in the traditional American scent right. sense. Right. Yeah, it's livestock. Yeah, and the, so there's a dish, a popular dish. What did she say it was called? Dragon, phoenix, and tiger. Uh huh. Which it's... of course nobody has dragon meat nor phoenix. And tigers are, are tough to come by, so it's actually snake, chicken, and cat. House cat. Yeah, just regular cat. And she said, and then she said, uh, she said it's delicious. She said we could talk about this, but I don't want people hating on her because I know how people are about pets. Well, but it's it, not that it's not that she did this nor enjoyed it. It's, it's just, what's done in China. It's just a reality yeah. of. They, she said, they, "Do you know how you kill a cat?" Was, no. Sounds like the punch is you know, set up to a joke. It's not. It's not that Netflix uh, special that's so popular right now. Um, well, they, well. But she knows because people regularly did it in her hood growing up. That's what people would do. And we don't yes. need to go into details on that, I suppose. But no, nobody no, wants to hear really. that. But. It's grim, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Well, it's a, just a different culture. And, you know, I've talked about this, the uh, fabulous uh, book on killing um, that talks about how we have so separated ourselves from death. In the United States, um, we're simultaneously fascinated by it, but it's far away from us. Grandpa doesn't pass away at home anymore, and we don't, you know, help the undertaker with the body or anything like that. We just keep it in our food. Uh, we assume what the chicken committed suicide that's there in the grocery store died of old age. No, we, we just don't even think about it. And she grew up where you would kill the neighbor cat and eat it that well, night. You'd be better off killing your own. Kill the neighbor's cat. Kind of, well, you're less attached to that one. <laughs> getting together. Do you kill each other's cats? Well, I was just picturing you getting together. Oh, I see. For, right, together. yeah, okay. I thought you were like going into their yard and killing snatching, the cat and having dinner. Not snatching their cat. And I know some of you are just like crying thinking about this, but that's the, the different reality she grew up with and then what we've grown up with. How about her story of um, this MMA fighter who has a friend who's a doctor trying to raise awareness on coronavirus, disappears. That's a courageous man. And the government says, oh, I got the coronavirus under quarantine. No, yeah, yeah, no, we're that's taking not care happened. of him. Yeah, I'll bet you Maybe are. dead, maybe in a prison for a, a, a work 
camp forever, which yeah. might as well be dead. It's getting a little re-education. It's so, uh, like they say about those prison camps where the millions of uh, Uyghurs are. That they we're teaching them job skills. Job skill number one, keep your mouth shut you know, in communist China. That is something. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, travel broadens the mind, they say. So I'm going to go over to China and get me some cat as soon as Ooh. the, uh, soon she as the said whole coronavirus she, is over. She said that that dragon phoenix tiger soup. Tiger soup. She said it's delicious. Oh, I'll bet. I'll I don't bet. know what percentage of what. I don't want to eat snake, cat. I'll eat a chicken. They say snake tastes like chicken, though, right? It's the joke. I don't care. So it's chicken soup. Then why don't I For eat? For the soul, how, how maybe. About, how about I eat chicken, then, if it tastes like chicken? You're just going to order Phoenix, Phoenix, and Phoenix? No. Come on. <laughs> yeah. What the, they <laughs> don't the even Phoenix. have that. Go back to the kitchen. Another special order from an American. <laughs> I think, I'm pretty sure I've asked her this before, and I don't remember the answer. Uh, do they even have sweet and sour pork <laughs> in China? <laughs> I, I, I don't think that, well, there's if, probably some form of it. It would be unrecognizable right. to your palate. Right. Yeah, I, I think if a if you were to take a Chinese person and stick them in a Panda Express, <laughs> they would say, what the hell is this stuff? That's what I got to do. Next time she's uh, around, we got to go to Panda Express right. and have her review the food, because she's probably never eaten there. You know, oh, that would be hilarious. You know what? Uh, well, it's <laughs> like a good YouTube video. You one of the th- one of the things I'm envious that you've done is you traveled Mexico back when it was less dangerous than it is now. But uh, via your motorcycle, small towns and ate and drank amongst the people and the rest of it. Um, although the times I've been in Mexico, traveling with my friend Drew, who speaks fluent Spanish, we did a fair amount of that sort of thing. But um, did you run into any gigantic one pound burritos? That the local Mexican no. people are eating. No. How about oh, a, no. Of course not. How no. about a taco made out of a Dorito shell? <laughs> not so much. Not so much. Yeah, third world is not as into stunt food as we are here in the <laughs> United Fat States of America. El but. Gordo wants a one-pound burrito. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. Well, that's always interesting. Yeah. Great to talk to Ying Ma. China is a freaking scary country. When are we going to wake up to that? Some people have, but not enough have. Mayor Bloomberg hasn't. It should be disqualifying him the other night pretending China's not part of the climate change problem. Oh, yeah. Because he does business there. That should be disqualifying on its own. It will. He will get murdered for that if he gains any traction. He is way sweet on the Communist Party of China because they make him so much money. And we can't, we can't have that. Please, that that horse poo about Trump being a Russian agent. Even if he were, Russia is an undersized economy, a hollowed out military. Just they're they're a, geographically enormous, but they're mostly just a pain in the ass. China, China, on the other hand, is an immense superpower bent on world domination and has the means to at least get partway there. And the, the, the idea that uh, you got a, a guy who is openly, nakedly soft on the Chinese communists, uh, forget it. Donald Trump, don't trust China! Forget it. I, I will go full-on activist. I will not, you know, I'm not going to set myself on fire on the, the Capitol steps or anything, but, man, I'll go hardcore to make sure uh, old Bloomberg does not become president. You give it to virtually any one of those yahoos before you give it to him. Snake is a lot chewier than chicken, several textures have pointed out. That's why you got to slow cook it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know it was a snake when you picked it up with your fork. (laughs) 
You did ask her in the past. Our listeners would remember this. I know. You people are amazing. You remember everything. Yeah. You did ask her about sweet and sour pork, and she said, no, they don't have that. <laughs> Still, though, maybe they've added it since. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that's their loss. Huh? Yeah. Maybe I introduce it to China, and be- Jack's Hut of sweet and sour pork becomes a huge sensation. <laughs> There's just one o- in every village. Uh, they'll just order pork, Jack style, in yeah. China for the next 150 years. Yeah. I'll be like a king there. (laughs) Just like one. (laughs) Right. Armstrong and Getty. Because we had a fabulous guest earlier this hour, got to do Cal Clips of the Week, which is always good, and it was a heck of a week. Oh my gosh. As you'll be reminded now as we take a fond look back at the week that was with Cal. Gentlemen, start your engines. Well, Bloomberg must be the front runner because liberals are calling him a racist. <laughs> Keep booing. That's how you lost the last election. There's a hole in the sky where the tree <laughs> once was. Somebody's making money. If I could teach anybody, even people in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. You can accomplish anything. Nobody just says the obvious. Bernie, you're full of it. None of this is going to get passed. You're going to be a miserable president, frustrated from the first day. A billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. What a wonderful country we have. The best-known socialist in the country happens to be a millionaire with three houses. What I miss here? Democrats take a huge risk if we just substitute one arrogant billionaire for another. Mayor Bloomberg, that he was the first time up on the stage, on the debate stage with this group, how would he respond? They tore the skin off him yesterday, uh, last night in Las Vegas. Please, please keep the birds away from those windmills, please. Tell those beautiful bald egos, no, no, a bald ego. You know the thing I like best about the Bloomberg line is how New York it is. Leading socialist in the country, he's got a millionaire with three houses. What am I missing here? Hey, come on! Hey, what are you trying Forget to pull about here? it. Nevada caucuses begin at noon West Coast, 3 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. So results will be coming in in the late afternoon, early evening, certainly. Heavy turnout in the early caucus process, Jack. Do we have another Iowa? Back to you, Jack. You might. In Nevada, a last-minute scramble to make voting technology work, says the Washington Post, using the same. They were planning to use the same software that Iowa had. And they got uh, new iPads and cobbled together some new stuff with Google software, and it's sort of untried, and hopefully they can make it happen. 
Doesn't go well. Head of the Nevada DNC. Shallow hole in the desert. Oh, you got Joe Pesci. Head in a vice. Head in- Put their head <laughs> in a vice. Ow, hey, that hurts. Charlie M? You made me pop out your eye for Charlie M? <laughs> All right, now. Take it wow. easy. <laughs> that was a bit much. Oh, wow. Um, it will help that it's not going to be close, right? Because in Iowa, it ended up being separated by less than one percentage point, and you got to really get down to the nitty-gritty. The fact that Bernie has like a 15-point lead in Nevada should make it a little easier to call. What polls? All of them. <laughs> Okay. So he doesn't have the union backing PG&E in California on his side, even though Bernie's going to win the state of California. He does not have that, uh, whatever that union is, Nevada, they keep talking about. Yeah, the, the biggest, culinary workers. The most powerful yeah. union in Nevada. Mm-hmm. And Chris Matthews made the point the other day, how is he the how is he the candidate of the working man when all the unions don't want to back him? Well, because they That's work That's a healthcare so, thing. Well, yeah, exactly. The, the unions busted their butts to get good health care for their workers. Now Bernie wants to take it away and substitute government health care. And, well, the unions, for selfish reasons, you know, they're, they get the credit for getting that for their workers, and they need to justify their own existence. But also, they know uh, that'll be crappier for our people. So they're actually looking out for their members. So in the time we have left, uh, we were talking earlier about a couple of things that are worth recapping just briefly. And I'm bringing this up again because I just saw it again. But the whole... Uh, intelligence community reveals that uh, the Russians favor Trump and Trump goes crazy and fires his DNI. There are now all sorts of people from Matt Taibbi to Jake Tapper coming out and saying that is the worst sort of journalism. I'm talking to people who are saying it's not true. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, notorious oh. Trump supporters, Matt Taibbi and Jake Tapper. Yeah, sure. I know it. Uh, well, right. <laughs> oh, how the formerly great media giants have have turned into clickbait-seeking crack whores. You can excuse the MS, metaphor. MSNBC, for instance, going crazy all day long in this story, because that's what they do, and it's cable news. And it's newsotainment. It's newsotainment. Yeah. You can't excuse the New York Times. You really can't. No. That's just weak. Um, well, it's desperation. I mean, de- de- people do desperate things when they're desperate. How about you hang on for a day and nail it down the way Matt Taibbi did and, J- and Jake Tapper did with a few more phone calls and decide whether you want to run that on your front page? You'd have missed out on hundreds of thousands of clicks if you did that. Period. End of analysis. Man, that's some bad short-term thinking. Yep. There's a hole in the show and you know it's time to go. It's time for final thoughts. On your feet! <laughs> what? <laughs> The lady does say, on your feet. Oh, she does. At the city council meeting. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Funny. <laughs> on your feet. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. He presses the buttons. He keeps us on the air. What would we do without a Michelangelo? Final thought. Well, I heard the news that Costco is going to uh, make sure you have a membership if you eat at the food court. I'm the master of disguise. You'll never catch me. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> me. Uh, Positive Sean, our producer. Final thought? Thrilled, absolutely thrilled that Better Call Saul is returning this weekend. I can't wait to see how this uh, this whole story plays out. Yes. Jack, a final thought for us. Yeah, those are my two favorite stories of the day. Costco is no longer going to let people sneak into the food court. And the Kia? Is that the right car? I should make sure I get it right. They got some of them that are catching on fire, even if they're off. So they're saying, don't park it in your garage or near a building. (laughs) Now that's... Now, that's a recall. Well, it'll save you painting the flames on the side like they used to do in the 50s if your car's actually on fire. 
200,000 SUVs and vans uh, recall for electrical problems that cause fires. Ah, it's going to catch on fire and sit in your garage. Uh, now you're nitpicking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my final thought. Yeah, final thought. Final thought. Final thought. By the way, something. By the way, something. Uh, there. Oh, you know, it's actually a story we talked about. There's a footnote in the infamous Ninth Circuit decision to not to disallow enforcing camping regulations when bums are sleeping in your park that the uh, cities are starting to look at thinking, wait a minute, we can exploit this and start clearing out the bums again. Uh, it says you can do it to protect the public health, safety, and welfare. Well, that's a pretty big loophole. Let's see if cities start doing it. Clear away the junkies! Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All the clicks we talked about. Uh, information on Ying Ma. Oh, gosh, our podcast. All the podcasts. You can download them. You can email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Going to be a lot going on next week. I hope you can join us. See you then. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Planning, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. Armstrong and Getty.